The Bay STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Men to Men, My Brother's Keeper, a professional development seminar featuring retired program director for Northrop Grumman Corporation, Ted Imes, and a select group of Bayer alumni. The Bayer Men to Men session offers supportive roundtable conversations about conditions that impair quality of life and contribute to problems related to stress. The discussions will provide participants with a humanized platform to network as well as to share positive practices for overcoming these challenges. The discussions will give men a secure environment to share their journey, to explore self-discovery and recovery, to create space within their chaotic life, and to let down their guard to accept support in their struggles. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Men to Men, My Brother's Keeper, featuring Ted Imes and a select group of Baya alumni. My name is Ted Imes. I'm a retired program director from the Notre Dame Corporation, but please don't hold that against me. Today is unique. Today is about real conversation. This is an opportunity that over my career, I never had an opportunity to sit in a room at a table with folks in the same career professions as myself, folks that look like me, folks with the similar experiences, or folks that have had similar challenges that I had and be able to honestly talk about them. That's the key for tonight. Honestly talk about them. Be authentic. There is nobody that's going to go out of here and run to your wife and say, you should have heard what he said about women. <laughs> that's not going to happen, because that's not what this is about. This is not a complaint session about the other gender. This is more a proactive session to teach each other how we've dealt with challenges we've had in the workforce that may have been gender related. One of the topics that struck me is just right on the head. What do you do when your wife makes more money than you do? Yeah. <laughs> you see? You see how this is going to go? Okay. But what's the learning objective? Facilitate candid dialogue. I cannot stress this enough. This is about being real, gentlemen. This is about being real. Those questions you always wanted to ask. You know, if your parents or your father's passed along and you don't have an older brother, you know that question you just wanted to ask. What, you know, what do I do? My boss is a female. I've never had that before. How do I react to her? How do I tell her no? These are the things I want you to talk about today. So when you leave here, you should have answers and solutions to the, one of the 12 topics that you have at your tables. Let me give you a little bit about the logistics today. There are 12 topics. We've initiated or voluntold some really good senior folks to each take a topic. So you notice each one of the tables has a blue table tent. That is your table host. And they have various topics, and we didn't want to tell you which table is which topic so that you really draw on your experiences and you really draw on yourself to be real. If you could cherry pick, I know everybody would be at the table that says Me Too movement. 
I'm sure that's where everybody would run to, but that's not the case tonight. But what are some of the topics? Emotional intelligence and emotional stress. Emotional intelligence and emotional stress. Do you know how you're supposed to act in certain situations before you get in them? Do you have the emotional cognizance to be able to read the tea leaves when people, people don't say what they really mean? Can you understand what that is? Family support, I talked about that one. The role of the man in the 21st century, particularly you know, if your wife makes more money than you. How do you respond to that? Me Too movement, self-explanatory. Fostering personal financial health. Now, gentlemen, I don't have to tell you that we don't run to the doctors to get checked out. We don't run to the financial advisor to ask them how we can spend our money. But if you do your financial health correctly throughout your career, you never work another day in your life, and you live in Florida. <laughs> Playing golf. Let me back up. How is integrity actualized? How do you be known as a highly ethical person? What do you do when the boss asks you to do something you know isn't right? Do you do it? Managing social media for professional awareness. How many folks in here on Facebook? Man, nobody says it proudly. And Come on, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not something you may do wrong, but one of those 500 people you connected to, they might do something wrong. And now you're part of them. Uh-oh. Nobody else. Keep them straight. Um, one that's, that's close to my heart, mentoring the next generation. For years, I had a small cohort of mentees that we would meet at my house once a month, and we had some really, really good in-depth conversations. They had a chance to grow their peer group, bring in a couple of senior people. They could ask questions that they can't ask at work. They can talk about situations. One of the, one of the most prevalent topics was, my performance review is coming up. How do you have a successful performance review? How do you really hold your manager accountable for you to meet your goals, for them to give you the resources to meet your goals? And to be able to understand what peanut buttering is. Well, you know, I, I did all of my goals plus another five, and I'm not getting a raise or a promotion? Racial and ethnic diversity in the workplace. Another one, self-explanatory. The world is changing. The workplace is changing. This is one of the few places that I would ever come in my career where the majority of the people look like me. All of my meetings, all of my programs, all of my reviews, all of my organizations that I ran, I was alone a lot of the times. You gotta understand how you deal with different ethnicities and races. Self-esteem and healthy self-concept. Self-esteem, gentlemen. Self-esteem. How many times have you had your self-esteem cracked open by something somebody said to you because you weren't strong enough within yourself to ignore that false statement that was said to you? Self-esteem, if you don't have it, you're like butter and the organizations will cut right through you. Slow up and reflect humility. You're not better than anyone else. You've been on the hamster wheel. If you haven't been on the hamster wheel because you're early in your career, you're gonna be on it soon. 
where you just compete, compete, compete to be better than the next person, got to be better than the next person, better than the next person, and you lose your humility. You got to be careful of that. Sustaining friendships. Bayer is the best place in the world to grow a professional network that's going to help you the rest of your career. I was in the room early before we started. Gentleman walks in the room that I hadn't seen for a couple of years, but because we had a relationship that started years ago, man, you know, if I ever was calling him, he'd pick up the phone and talk to me if I needed something. These friendships are ever How many frat brothers I got in the room? Ooh, no fraternity brothers? Boy, you see that emotional intelligence? Yeah, y'all caught that one. Taking care of your health. You know, guilty. Guilty. I only went to the doctor every two years because I had management physicals every two years. Now I've been retired three years, haven't had a physical. Taking care of your health. The older you get, you know, I have to tell, I see the gray hairs in the room. You guys know what I'm talking about. Things change. Things change. You got to pay attention to that. All right, let's introduce some of our table hosts, and I won't take much time. I'm going to call your name, just have you stand up, wave your hand so folks know who you are. So let's start with Rodney Bailey. You don't want to be seen. Xavier Beal. We have three table hosts on this Oh, okay, that's good. Samuel Burry. David Canada, nice to meet you, David. Rashawn Cofield, nice to meet you, Rashawn. Lonnie Gregory, two hands. Mark McKelvin, nice to meet you, Mark. Eric Moore, nice to meet you, Eric. Kennedy Pereira, did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Oh, good, I practiced that one. Uh, Jared, I was told, was not gonna be here. Herb Sims, nice to meet you, Herb. And Raymond Stevens who doesn't want to work for Raytheon, so ignore his card table. <laughs> Little mistake. All right, brief logistics. We've done the quick introductions. Each table has a specific topic. The table host will engage you around that topic to talk about A, what challenges you've had around that topic, and most importantly, B, what did you ever do successfully to get over that challenge, or if you haven't found a solution to get over that challenge. Maybe your table mates can help suggest something. But this is about being real about your challenges. It's not a complaint session, but some real challenges around your topics that we just went over. Select a volunteer at your table to take notes. We're going to have each table report out, and the rest of the group can then converse around that topic if you have something important to add. And then we'll do a quick wrap up. Are there any questions? All right, well, gentlemen, I'm going to turn you loose to start your roundtable discussions. Gentlemen. See, people that don't respond don't, uh, not gentlemen, right? They don't recognize that word. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Who wants, who wants to be the first to drop down and do 20? All right, you know, I'm really feeling, I'm really sad that I have to stop this thing. Because as I walked around, man, I heard so many key words that reminded me of my career. Somebody said knockout punch. Oh, geez. You know, ah, the conflicts, just, you know, the pains, 
all the times when you wanted to speak up and you couldn't speak up. So I'm hoping that this evening you did speak up on all of these various topics. Now I'm going to ask, who is the bravest man in the room that wants to get up and report out first? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on up to step up to the mic. <laughs> and just let us know what topic you'll be discussing. I would appreciate if y'all went a little bit longer, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I was with Mr. Can I have your last name again? I read it and I forgot on the way up. I'm sorry. McAllen, <laughs> excuse me. I was with Mr. McAllen Stable. Uh, we had a very, very, very engaging conversation. Our topic was social media and its youth with professional awareness. So he opened up the questions. Uh, he opened up. He opened up the roundtable with um, bringing up the topics of Facebook and LinkedIn and how they're used. Um, as we made our way around the table, we talked about how some people have opinions that social media platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn should only be used explicitly and solely for communicating with people you have professional relationships with, which is a perfectly viable and perfectly reasonable way of using them. Other people were mentioning how that social media has a greater impact as a marketing tool, how if you're selling a product or if you're conveying a brand, that it's really important to have social media as a viable tool to connect to a greater audience, which I think is just as important. They're also mentioning, like I said, how social media is being integrated by businesses and, and, and municipalities as well. So whether we like it or not as professional individuals, it's already being used on a greater scale by organizations and government. Uh, it was another point that was made is that it's just as important to anticipate and understand the risk and benefit of carefully choosing how and what to post on social media, which is really important, specifically for our younger professionals in the room, because of the fact that, as someone mentioned before, what you post on social media is part of your brand. It's part of who you are to your client base and to other professionals, something that sticks with you and your brand. So for us as younger professionals, something dumb that we post while we're 20 years old can follow us through our 40 year career. So it's super important that we can become conscious of what we're posting. And somebody mentioned that when you're po when picking what you want to post, they said, they said a, a quote they got from their wife was, when in doubt, don't. <laughs> Post as if your wife, kids, and boss are looking at it, which I think is reasonable. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up really quick. They, uh, we, we followed on to, um, the question was asked is, why did Mark Zuckerberg have to testify before a Congress about the power of Facebook, about the power of his platform, which a lot of us answered, because of its power to influence public opinion and its propensity for being able to share opinions, whether they are true or not, which is very true, very true, but, it's still invaluable. Something I mentioned myself is that Facebook gives the opportunity to create forums and groups, groups where people with like-minded ideas can come together and advance those like-minded ideas. I'm sure there's some of us in this room who are in group chats or groups on Facebook with each other who have met each other or maybe have groups on LinkedIn who talk to one another there and get to advance ideas and talk about problems that they can solve and overcome, which is one of its greater uses. But it also has the double-edged sword effect of being an opportunity for people who have negative opinions to keep advancing and, and spreading their negative ideas, whether they're true or not. Now, to wrap it up, the 
biggest thing you need to understand is that the use of social media is contextual. How you choose to use it is super important, and whether you're using it to communicate with other professionals or to communicate your brand, it's contextual. You need to pick and choose according to the situation. If you're talking to an old school who has used to communicating or by phone or in person, then you need to remember to use the forms of communication that are appropriate to it. No, I'm, you gotta understand, there's some people who prefer to have a phone call than a text, and that's okay. That's no, perfectly no, okay. No. <laughs> Not old school, seasoned. Seasoned, I am so sorry, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay, I am so sorry. Please, please understand, I said that with the most utmost respect. Please understand that. I know where I'm getting an internship this summer. Oh God. Okay, but yes, it's contextual. For us younger professionals, an understanding its use and understanding how to use it contextually can help us to further our brand to protect ourselves from a negative image that we don't want for ourselves. And that's how we wrapped it up. Let's get my hand. Season. <laughs> I think he remember that. Yes, we have a question. All right, consensus is no. The question for those that didn't hear it was, should we get on Facebook and talk about religion, politics, and sex? And the answer was no. Vic, good feedback. Um, for the, the, the question was around, if you're working in the sector where clearances are important to you, everything you post, everything you do online is for everybody to see. Don't think it's invisible. So that we can get through the rest of the session, the rest of the topics. All right, who would like to go next? I saw this hand over here first. And just to let you know, I'm giving you roughly three minutes each. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Zachary Scarlett. I'm a senior biological system engineering student at Florida A&M University. I was at Mr. Kennedy's table over there, and let me talk about the topics. I'm on the timer. All right, so basically, we talked about the difference between the many generations and how they operate. We talked about how millennials and Gen X tend to get stuff done faster. They tend to value their time, value their free time out from work. They don't like working a long hours and staying late. And a lot of boomers are kind of like stuck in their ways. They don't, they're not successful to change. They, they kind of like, they don't like taking too much time off. They enjoy working longer hours than the younger generations do. I mean, <laughs> that's what it seems like, but um, <laughs> also, also, we talked about once you earn your higher ups respect, you also uh, you also um, can do better, more things like taking time out from work and asking for certain favors. Once you earn the respect and the trust, it's easier to do things for yourself. Also, we talked about how you have to empower your employees, and if you don't, they probably won't work harder. If you just told them what to do and just like you know, kind of boss them around, they really aren't going to do everything that they need to do. And also, we talked about you need to seek help when you need it. It's okay to ask for help. You don't know everything. There's a lot of people in the world that can help you and, and give you more tools that you need to, to succeed. Uh, also, we talked about when you want to make a change, you have to understand the foundation. It's very important to understand where things are coming from if you want to introduce a change. And once you, once you do that, you can talk about how the change will, uh, I guess, make things better and how the change will uh, innovate and make things work faster. Um, we also talked about how it's important to see what younger generations need and what they want from the workforce and how they would like to work. Because, you know, it, times are changing and people are changing. People want certain things. People don't like doing the same things prior generations used to do. So it's important to look at that. 
Uh, we also talked about how work-life balance is very important, how it's important to take time off and, you know, you know, meditate, get your mind right, get your body right. You know, work, work is nice, making money is nice, but your mental health, your physical health is just as important. So we talked about that as well, and that's all of our topics right now. Thank you. Does anyone have a question? Yes. Oh, he already jumped the line. He wanted to be next. Come on up. You're listening to Men to Men, My Brother's Keeper, a professional development seminar featuring Ted Imes and a select group of BEA alumni. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the BEA STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, sir. All right. My name is Rodney Warner. Um, Herb Sims is our host. We were speaking about racial and ethnic diversity in the workplace. I'm going to try to hit, there was a lot of points I'm going to hit now. These were points of observation, not necessarily thinking them as negative, and then we'll talk about maybe a couple of the positives as far as getting out of these negatives, right? Uh, some of the things that were uh, discussed were uh, coming into in a situation where you're the only, you know, you're the only black person there, right? It was getting used to it over time. That was one of the issues and became comfortable over time. Trying to get past certain comments and jokes that are made, how you would react to that. Another issue was, this was an interesting one, too, too black for whites and not black enough for blacks. Oh. Socioeconomic uh, situations in school where it was overwhelming when one gentleman was going to school with some, where he was middle class, right? Surrounded by kids from doctors, lawyers, and et cetera. Uh, felt uncomfortable for a while. Also uh, stating that uh, felt more felt comfortable with uh, other non-white cultures, Hispanics, et cetera, right? Um, two of us were raised in, in diverse cultures. However, we did run into roadblocks when we got into the workaday world. There was some other issues there. But also, there were positive changes that occurred over time. Now, on the, shall we say, the more positive side, or maybe struct, uh, maybe something more constructive, um, you, have to, you have to discover who you are uh, and who you want to be. Next thing was learn how to deal with negativity from other cultures and don't just knee-jerk react. Learn how to be wise when engaging certain cultures. Um, also, be slow to speak, be slow to anger, be quick to hear. And besides knowing who you are, everybody needs to find an anchor. For me, it's God through Jesus Christ. That's my anchor. Now, everyone, you know, has to find your anchor. So when these things happen, it will just roll off your back. I didn't say you won't have an emotional reaction. I'm talking about right here. You maintain your peace. Even on your head and your emotions are doing things, so you don't have those kind of reactions. Thank you. What questions do we have for that table? There's a, um, there's a quick exercise that I was fortunate to, to be in 
in the curriculum. And it helped me understand that exact situation. It was called the three ring circus. Do this exercise for yourself. Draw three rings on a piece of paper. One circle is you at work. And you write down the adjectives of how you respond to things. The second circle is when you're at home with your family. Write down the adjectives about how you act, how you do things. The third circle is when you're out with the homeboys. And who are you then? What you will see is that there are three distinctive individuals. And you flip subconsciously as you travel between those three places. That is energy that you have to spend that other folks do not have to spend because their job looks like their house and their friends are on the job. So when you become cognizant of that, because right now when you don't know what's going on, you get frustrated. Well, you know, when I said this at home over around my friends, it was acceptable, but I got to work and now I'm the angry man. Do that exercise. It opened my eyes up because I didn't know what was going on. Yes, sir. You know, it's, it's a little bit different in society these days in that I think people may catch themselves. You know, I was playing golf with a gentleman. He said something about Jimmy Crack Corner. I looked at him. He said, oh, my God, I shouldn't have said that. Now, am I going to look at him the same way after that? Probably not. But he's going to think twice about saying things around me that he knows. What, what I simply said was that impacted me. Like you said, don't say that around me again. But that, I want you to know that that negatively impacted me. And hopefully it'll never happen again. All right, all, all great comments, but I just want to keep it moving along because we got a lot more report outs to come. Who would like to volunteer to go next? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, good, good afternoon. My name is Anthony Pratt. I'm with the Boeing Company. Um, so we had the opportunity to talk to Mr. David Canada about sustaining friendships. Um, so the question we had was, what can men do to have sustainable, likely friendships? So I think the first thing we talked about was, number one, the importance of having good friendships and how it can add longevity to your life. So the statistic was that if you have healthy relationships, it could add 22% longevity longer to your life. Um, we broke down, we went through stories where everyone kind of shared their perspective and the things that they deal with. And we talked about uh, the different types of friendships. So one fact that was brought out is having a strong, diverse group of friendships. So whether it mean different ethnicities, uh, sex, gender, whatever it may be. So that way you can have different perspectives on your life. And not only that, having people in your life that can hold you accountable to things within that. Um, we broke that down further into the two types of relationships. So you have transactional relationships, and you have transformative relationships. So in other words, associates versus close friends, you know? So who are those friends that you know will go to bat for you no matter what? Um, and who are those friends who are just there for a season and those who are taking things out of you? Um, and, and drawing the line between that two. So I'm gonna hit you guys with just some general wisdom nuggets. So uh, be part of clubs, particularly along racial, ethnic, gender lines, uh, expand your network, um, know other people's interests so that we can build deeper relationships. And to build strong relationships, you have to also remember that you get what you put in, right? In order to have good friendships, you have to be a good friend first. And you can't expect more from other people to give to you if you're not putting that in yourself. Um, life's nothing but relationships, so understanding that is very foundational. And recognize that you can't expect more, like I said, from your friends than from you. So thank you. All right, any other questions? 
Who'd like to go next? This gentleman right here. He's been, he's been eager to go. Now he's stalling. <laughs> in our coverage of the Me Too movement, the quote was, too often we are the dog in the crowd that The Rock didn't hit, but decided to scream anyway. The meaning for that is, while Me Too exists, people, women have been harassed. There may be this notion of men versus women, which we have to dispel. Uh, we have to be supportive of our women, but we also have to be in a position to ask the women not to accuse us of things we are not doing. And to defend ourselves if we are innocent, but to uphold justice when we know others have wronged them. So that was uh, a very powerful moment for us. Uh, so with me too, I think we also, my, my name is Michael Alameyu, uh, Boeing Company. Uh, we also talked about um, they're trying to trap you. So using in that, that notion that be careful what you do in the workplace or wherever you're at. Um, and then like, don't piss in the pool. Don't piss in your own pool. Right. Don't, <laughs> for lack of a better word, don't shit where you sleep or don't shit where you eat. So we talked about that too. And then. Um, there was another uh, quote, my man here, Jabril. He said, social media and emotion can be merged to a weapon of mass destruction. So be, be aware of that. That was deep. Um, yeah, so th those are my notes for that. But did you want to introduce the yeah. emotional intelligence? Yeah, we also discussed emotional intelligence. Hi, my name's Lonnie Gregory. Um, we discussed emotional intelligence. And because it's such a broad topic, we just focused on where's your position with respect to conflict? How do you deal with conflict? Because that's where your EQ starts to reveal itself. And we had everybody fill out a little card, and they indicated uh, where their point was, whether they were into artificial harmony or they were into being antagonistic, and then how we dealt with either of the extremes. We got some really good takeaways. Um, sometimes we just learn to get along, and that can be a default position. The other comment was, though, because of stereotypes, sometimes we promote artificial harmony because we have an expectation to, and perhaps we shouldn't do that. In order to deal with extremes, we figure that we have to ask more questions to have good balance and to have good intentions. We also realize that when faced with injustice, we could be more upfront, more outright, more vocal to obliterate the injustices. I'm going to just add a couple more. I got some notes of mine. Um, there was a quote that was said at the table uh, by my man. Uh, I, I can't pronounce your name. Rasan. Yeah, he said, uh, real strength is not allowing other people's words or actions to affect you and, and knowing when to speak up. So this is not against your point, but I think, and this might be to kind of reflect back on your point, um, speaking up but also saying it correctly because I feel like um, in a sense, someone may take what you say as a threat or they may, you know, reverse it back on you and then you might end up taking the heat that, that you were just trying to make awareness for, right? Um, and I'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah. I, I, know he, I know he did that on purpose. I know. Um, yeah, just, just being able to empathize and sympathize. Um, I think for me personally, I, I said this at the table too, um, I'm not a confrontational person at all, and I, I like to err on the side of peace and harmony. But um, I think in the workplace, 
speaking up and, and causing that disruption and, and talk, calling out the, the things that's wrong is what makes the workplace better. So like being knowledgeable of when you need to speak up and how you speak up is important than to just always err on the side of peace. That's what I want to say. If you support a Thank point you. that was made over here, uh, sometimes you just have to harmonize to help achieve the objectives, yep. right? Okay. Know why you're saying what it is you're about to say for the reasons that support what it is we all get together to come to do. Again, particularly y'all in the DOD and intelligence business, it's not about you. It's about the mission. So do what you got to do for the mission. Float. Thank you. You coming next? Okay. Oh, another tag team. Good. So good evening. My name is Trey Simmons, and I'm with Huntington Ingalls Industries. Um, at our table, we have both myself and this gentleman right here, but my specific topic was financial, financial health. Um, often, financial health is looked at as how much money you make, how much money you bring it in, how much money that you have between yourself and your spouse, or even how much money that you're spending. But in my opinion, and the opinion of my table, financial health is something stronger than that. I, I, I um, relate financial health to also being athletic health. So if you're going to run a marathon, you can't just show up to the marathon and say, hey, I'm ready to rock and roll right now. You have to have months and months and maybe even years of mental and physical planning in order to be properly prepared. And one strong piece that was brought up was also the recovery plan. You're, you're at a marathon, you kill 25.2 miles or something like that. 26.2, excuse me. Thank you for correcting me. Afterwards, you need to have some sort of a plan as to how you're going to prepare yourself, not only for the next one, but also recover. So bringing it back to the financial standpoint, this financial health is knowing how to use your 401k plans, knowing how to use your 529 plans in order to prepare yourself properly. But it's not only just you, it's also you and your spouse, and it's also properly preparing yourself for you and your kids as well. Um, a couple of different points that were brought up. Um, focusing on your nest egg and your kids' future, as I just said. Understanding how to manage money for future outlook. Staying educated on how to share. Staying educated on how to save. So not only knowing how much money you're bringing in, but also knowing what you're going to do with that money. Knowing different opportunities that are out there. Another big, big thing that was brought up was, say you have a plan for your, for your, for your child's scholarship fund, right? and then your child gets a full ride, what are you going to do with that money? A lot of people will look at it and say, hey, I'm about to go travel, I'm about to go do this. But a lot of people need to look at it and say, well, I could actually use that money as an investment property. I could actually use that money as, as a rental house for my child. I could actually invest in buying a house at that school so that way I can properly fund my child. I could also use it to put a down payment for my child's house. A lot of things that you can mentally prepare yourself for and properly use your money rather than saying, oh, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. Just having that sort of backup plan set and ready. Um, I mentioned the recovery plan and then also medical bill preparation. I had a question, I said, so right now I'm looking at my 401k plan, in my opinion, I'm putting, I'm putting the money in that I need to put in, but I had the decision on whether I wanted to uh, set my retirement age for 60 or 65. Me being 26 years old, I said, Oh, my fault. All right, I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> me being 26 years old, I just said, yeah, so I can't, I don't know the difference whether it's 60 or 65. And I was brought to the light of things like, once you retire, you may be no longer on your medical plan for your work. So different bills and medical expenses now all of a sudden severely escalate once you're off work. 
So just making sure that you're financially aware of the different things that are going on. And once again, just to wrap up with 529 plans and also having different trackers like um, the Mint app. So Mint app allows you to track your expenses and then also just having a general financial strategies with how things go. Uh, good evening. I should have went first. Um, <laughs> 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 um, I'm Maynard Yates. I work for Northrop Grumman and I'm also a FAMU alumni as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a prophet, ain't I? Hey, <laughs> we're a team. We're a team. <laughs> okay, so I won't. I won't go too long. So the second question we dealt with was self-esteem and your self-concept in today's society. Uh, the two. Instead of reading this, I go with the two main issues we had. Two main items we brought up. One was as um, in today's society in this current climate, as minority, as men of color, it's already an assumption by a lot of people that we won't make it home. So it's how do you deal with that, that hanging over your head? Do you embrace it? Do you stress and worry about it, cause, which would cause you less peace, less, um, less peace and more volatility within yourself? Or do you embrace it and try to work through it and just do what you can, control what you can control and what you can't control, such as um, a comment that may, an offhand comment that may have been said by a coworker or somebody that you may have heard secondhand, uh, you evaluating, okay, is it worth responding? Yes, no, okay, if it is, you respond. If not, okay, then we'll deal with it in other means. But also um, the concept of mentorship and sponsorship and relationships came up too, whether it be formal or informal, uh, how sometimes helping, it helps you to develop your self-esteem within your job, which sometimes is validated or exacerbated in your performance review based on, say, for instance, your relationship. So if you have a potential cover, per se, from either a sponsor or a mentor, um, they can help you navigate things. Uh, you're more confident in yourself, you're more confident in your abilities because you don't have to worry about so much so of you getting attacked by every on every side. You don't have to really always help you keep your head on your swivel because you know somebody's got your back. Versus when you may not have that that situation and where you're on your own, you have to realize that one, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have a team with you. Even if it's coworkers, uh mentor, sponsor, whatever, you need to have somebody else to help you through the day per se. So you don't leave the day, so you don't leave your job spent emotionally, physically, and mentally. Thank you. My name is Mike Daphne. I work for Huntington Ingalls Industries. And at our table, we have Mr. Sam Berry and Mr. Xavier Bill to um, offer us their experiences with two of the questions we had here. One was the family support and the role of the male in the 21st century. And um, while discussing that topic, um, we had a focus on how to deal with the spouse that you have who may make more money than you. Um, some of the points that we made were um, seasoned thinking that the man should be the breadwinner. Um, nowadays, a lot of women, they make more than some of their spouses or husband, uh, well, husbands or boyfriends. And, um, we were discussing whether or not that would be a problem with the guy himself, as opposed to just accepting it or maybe competing more to try to 
do a little bit better. All right, I, I'm just dying to ask this. Who in this room has a spouse that makes more money than they do? Just raise your hand. All right, thumbs up, thumbs down. Does it work for you? That's it, that's it. That's it. That's a, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're great. So the consensus was that um, the husband and wife should work as a team, that they res should respect each other's roles regardless of their status, that they should discuss the non-monetary values placed on your family um, in the beginning of the marriage or early on in your marriage, and that the marriage must be seen as a partnership instead of competition. The second question that we tackled dealt with the uh, Humility, slow up and reflect your humility. Um, the points that we came up with on that topic was that a leader who has no followers is just another individual. Um, along with that, we came up with um, that a leader should be more dealing with the, I guess, the action of reaching back to pull others up, you know, to help others out, um, basically being a servant in the leadership role to um, help other people attain their certain goals that they have as well. Um, also, we pointed out that everyone must be treated with respect regardless of their gender, race, or age, and that leaders have to motivate and inspire their people in order to be successful. All right, thank you. So, gentlemen, I don't know how to say this. But this session has exceeded my expectations tremendously. What about you? I'm going to ask one thing of each and every one of you in the room. If there is a topic that we did not address that you feel is pertinent to this audience and to yourself, please jot it down on a piece of paper. You can leave it on the table, and I'll collect them after it's over. But I'm going to say one more time, thank you so much for your time. I know we went over, but I don't think anybody cared. Have a good rest of your conference. Thank you for listening to Men to Men, My Brother's Keeper, a professional development seminar featuring retired program director for Northrop Grumman Corporation, Ted Imes, and a select group of Bayer alumni. If you've enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bayer STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101. Zero one.